All right, one, two, three, and we are back. Did you guys miss me? All right, we are back to record the Sobermano podcast. This is going to be episode number two. Um, as always, I am rushed because I'm outside and I'm uh, I'm recording in a park and it's a Sunday morning and I didn't think that anybody was going to show up to work today. But they are outside with the blow dryers and the leaf blowers, so I don't know how this is going to go, but we'll do our best. All right. Okay. All right. So um, a few things have happened since the last recording that I made. I was going to um, make this one about watching television and about um, the retarding effect that I've noticed that uh, the television can have on a person's development. Um, even if they're not an adolescent, that they could be um, an adult or they could be a teenager or they could be a child. And the title of this broadcast is Thinking Outside of the Box. So we are going to cover that material, but um, recently some of my research took me into some places that I wasn't expecting to go to, and I'm not happy about it. But um, I don't have any say in these things. It's just kind of a discovery kind of thing that happened. Anyway, so the inspiration for this was um, some of my original tweets on my Twitter feed at Sobrumano3 on Twitter, which was to avoid the dipshit, um, the evil genius, the vigilantes, and the she-devils, and things like that that those are all very common personality types that you can find on television. In fact, those archetypes are in almost every TV show and every movie nowadays. You'll find an evil genius, a she-devil, a dipshit, or some kind of vigilante. Um, It's very common. And as a consequence of that, um, there seems to be a lot of adults who are... Um, acting in the same way. If you wonder why I'm trying to change the angle of my face, it's because I just woke up um, a short time ago and I didn't comb my hair. I just kind of pulled it out by my fingers. So I'm trying to find the best angle here so that I don't look like I just woke up and comb my hair with my fingers. Okay, so um, according to kidshealth.org, by the age of 18, they have seen some 200,000 violent acts on television. That's an astonishing number. It's 200,000. Watching risky behavior like drinking, drugs, and cigarettes, and things like that. Teens who watch a lot of sex scenes are more likely to engage in sex earlier than their peers. And obesity is also a common factor with those who do a lot of sitting and watching television. For some reason, uh, the metabolism slows when you're watching TV, but it doesn't slow when you're not watching television. I have no idea why that works that way, but that's what they say happens. Um, Most recently, there were concerns about a television show called 13 Reasons Why, because uh, season one included detailed portrayals of suicide, violence, and it represented adults and professionals 
in a non-caring manner. So they got a spike in the number of um, searches on suicide and things like that, which made the president of the suicide prevention uh, organization um, issue a uh, plea for them to back off on the amount of violence as well as portrayals of suicide on their show, supposedly due to copycatting and things like that. <coughs> Excuse me. There is a PhD who has made a formal study of this uh, phenomenon. His name is Dr. Albert Banduro, PhD. He calls it social learning theory. And he, um, after noticing one million people in Mexico enrolling in a uh, program to learn how to read, after watching a television show that portrayed other people of all age groups uh, enrolling in a program to learn how to read and bettering their life for it, uh, one million people in Mexico decided to do the same. And from there, he started investigating what he calls social learning theory, which is nothing more than learning from watching television. He came up with three modalities uh, how this works. Number one is the live model. Number two is a verbal instruction. And number three is symbolic, where you're watching it in the third person, which is what happens most of the time when you're watching a movie or a TV show. You're watching somebody else's emotional reactions. You're watching somebody else's violence. You're watching somebody else solving problems with their fists instead of their brains, which is very common on television. Um, to act very childish, to act very selfishly, and things like that. Um, interestingly enough, if you remember from the first podcast, I talked about orders of effect and how um, from the Old Testament you could go to Paradise Lost, from Paradise Lost you could go to um, uh, somebody who's inspired by the book who writes it into um, popular magazines or TV shows, which is picked up by a rock band. The rock band publishes their albums and sells concert tickets. That spreads out into the community. Uh, the more people who like the band in the community, the more bands like them that appear and the more ticket sales that you have, and things like that. What's interesting, oh, and then consequently, in government, uh, what you have to choose from, as far as people who are applying for jobs and things like that, the stock or the quality um, starts to come down, or you could say that the stock or the quality becomes poison. Interestingly enough, that order of effect is not um, something uh, that's not true or real. It's called reciprocal determinism. I had no idea that that existed, but it's a real phenomenon. And according to Wikipedia, the more people who play violent games, the more they sell, the more they sell, the more people who play. Literally changing the country's constitution. So it really is a phenomenon um, that can work. Now, what happens is um, there's good news and there's bad news about that. Since we're aware of what it is and the dynamics and how it works, as a gamer and as a game theorist, you want to look at the opposite and say, how can we use that or how can we employ it? Instead of it poisoning our country, instead of it poisoning our youth, instead of it poisoning our husbands and our young adults, 
how can we use reciprocal determinism to reinforce what is good and what is positive? <coughs> Excuse me. That's the first thing that um, a natural problem solver would want, you know, to, to look for. Okay, so moving on to the next subject, which is deviance. Now, I went to high school, and of course, I remember all of the deviance and people like that, but they actually have four different categories of deviance. And uh, the first one is innovation. Innovators accept society's goals, but reject traditional means to them, which means selling drugs, stealing, um, hustling, things like that. A lot of rap albums, rap rappers talk about doing that sort of thing. Number two would be ritualism. Ritualists are frustrated and reject society's goals. They take steady but redundant jobs. This is the guy who works at the post office, who um, understands what goal is in the rat race, which is to try to get ahead and accomplish and accumulate as much as you possibly can, but has decided that um, he's just going to bury his nose in his work and engage in redundant work day after day. Um, probably a manic depressive type personality. Um, the fourth, the third one is uh, retreatism. These are the dropouts who engage in antisocial behavior for the sake of behavior itself. Uh, that's probably people like Sid Vicious and other punk rockers come to mind. And number five is rebellion. This is a group of people who creates new goals and means to replace what is known. New goals and new ways to achieve them. And it is here that my um, research took kind of a weird turn because the subject, as I was dealing with eschatology in the last broadcast, one of the things that I had been addressing was all of the religious groups, Judaism, Islamic, Aryan Brotherhood, um, Christian, Buddhist, and so forth, as well as their fulfillment or um, how this new how this new information sort of played in to um, how my epiphany sort of plays into those different eschatologies and how it can be useful and how it can be beneficial to all people. You can still be you can be an atheist and it would still be um, useful for you. What I wasn't anticipating is that um, the study of the Aryan Brotherhood took me to some unusual places and an old name out of the past came out of nowhere. And that would be none other than the idiot himself, Aleister Crowley. If you don't know who Aleister Crowley is, count yourself lucky. <laughs> Aleister Crowley is um, a bonesman from the 18th century. He worked for British uh, secret intelligence brief briefly. Um, he was at Cambridge. He was born in 1875. <coughs> Excuse me. From a young age, he identified with being the devil or the trickster. And his parents were Quakers, which are very, very strict. That's a very, very strict Christian sect. Um, my own parents and my own upbringing is Jehovah's Witness. So I know what it means to be born in a society of devout Christians, but Quakers are even more 
have more rules and, and so forth than Jehovah's Witnesses do. So anyway, um, he ended up rebelling against uh, becoming a Quaker, and he um, was adopted by the Bonesmen, uh, I assume from Cambridge, and <coughs> met up with other people who were into the occult. Um, he came to be called the Great Beast 666. He is a ceremonial magician. He is a person who believes in magic. He is a person who believes in ritual. And he proclaimed himself the devil and started doing all sorts of things like that. Um, that brought up some interesting other research about um, possibly the Bonesmen or or the uh, or the CIA. See, as I was researching um, the television shows, one of the one of the things I had wanted to address was the use of magic, like witches, devils, demons, zombies, um, superheroes, and things like that. Um, and some of the problems that they can create psychologically which is reinforcing a subconscious belief in magic, that somehow things would just automatically fix themselves. Um, but, you know, of course they won't. You can never assume that somebody else is fixing it. You have to make your investigations and you have to, uh, you know, solve, make sure that those things are being solved and not assume that somebody else is fixing it. Um, a good example that comes to mind is plastic in the ocean where there's tons and tons and tons being dumped into the ocean every single year, and it's poisoning the water and it's poisoning the fish, and they haven't found any part of the ocean that doesn't have fish that have plastic in them now. So you would assume that the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, or somebody else is doing their job or has it under control, but in reality it turns out that they don't and that they're not. Um, it also turns out that your neighbor isn't recycling um, as they should. Um, it turns out that your neighbor is not putting in the extra effort to make sure that the plastic gets into the into the appropriate bin. Um, something as simple as that could end up poisoning all of us, I mean, worldwide. There's already an overfishing of fish stocks, which means that the fish that remain or that are left behind have a higher likelihood of having plastic in them. So that was an example of that. Anyway, lo and behold, um, I had to start researching cult, and I recommend that you do this as well. You can go to culteducation.com. There must be six, seven hundred cults listed there. Let me give you an example of what those are. There are Bible-based cults, like, uh, you know, Quakers, Mormons, um, Jehovah's Witnesses and some of the others. Now, to be fair, um, some of these are not cults in that they're trying to engage in mind control, but they did fit into their category. So I'm going to leave the Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, and Quakers and out there to defend themselves if they want to assert that they're not a cult, that they certainly can do so. I'm just repeating what the website said. Commercial businesses can also be a cult. And they listed Amway, Equinox, Herbalife, um, Japanese sex, new skin, some others, that was news to me. Um, there's channeling groups, 
I guess if you're trying to channel um, a demon or a god from some other place and time, which is what Aleister Crowley used to do, um, then you can try doing that. There are hate groups, and there's a huge list of hate groups and cults there. There's human potential cults. That's pretty crazy, huh? So I guess they can get kind of fanatical and try to seize control of you and make you spend your money with them. Um, there's Islamic groups, there's Jewish groups, there's Neo-Eastern, there's New Age, there's even political groups, if you can imagine that. So you could be a part of a political party or a political group, and it's really a mind control cult where they make you do what um, they want you to do. Um, there's satanic cults, there's uh, sci-fi cults, I hope I wrote that down right, there's theosophy cults, there is therapy cults, and then there's other categories of cults. Each one of those headings has anywhere from two dozen to ten dozen different subcategories of groups out there. What does this have to do with anything? Well, after doing some meditating on it, um, I realized that there is a very, very real possibility that, um, that Aleister Crowley is still around today. That is not good news. That's terrible, terrible news. Um, in fact, if I remember correctly, uh, Scientology had come up for some reason. I happened to cross paths with somebody who's into Scientology online, and um, I think it was L. Ron Hubbard. I went from Aleister Crowley to L. Ron Hubbard. See, I already knew who Crowley was because two disciples of his, L. Ron Hubbard, created Scientology. Anton LaVey was the other one. He created the Church of Satan. And um, there's still more um, disciples of Crowley out there. Um, either directly or indirectly, who control groups. In fact, most cults are interested in just a handful of things. Number one, it's mind control. Uh, number two, they want your money. Um, number three, uh, they want adulation or to be idolized. Uh, number four, they want sex, um, usually with multiple partners, oftentimes with... Um, family members, and sometimes with um, younger girls, like teenage, or teenage, teenaged girls that they want to have sex with or sexual relationships with are usually what they are after. But um, aside from that, I had realized that, um, that Crowley is probably still around, that his influence on the CIA is possibly around, and that some of these um, political groups, military groups, police officer groups, and so on, um, probably have something that they're doing that they shouldn't be doing, and that is reinforcing a belief in magic, um, as well as possibly brokering out magic to people who are loyal to their group. That was a... Uh, that was not a good moment <laughs> in my research as I was meditating on this stuff as I was writing it down or just came to realize that I posted it online when I, when I realized it. Um, 
that's not a good that's not good news for us as human beings. Um, the implication that uh, Scientologists um, may have miracles or magic spelled with a K M A G I C K to broker out isn't good news. Um, it's not good news to hear that um, Israel has magic and holograms and psychic phenomena and um, multiple orgasms and whatever else, mind reading, to broker out to um, people who are loyal to them. By the way, that phenomena is possible with the use of physics. It's not magic, it's just, it's just physics. That makes that possible. Um, it's not good to hear that there's a group in um, Greece, there's the, it's a group of skinheads, and they're called the Golden Dawn. That made me laugh out loud because Aleister Crowley called his religion um, the Golden Dawn, if I'm not mistaken. Or there's something called the Golden Dawn is related to him. Um, it may be one of his books that he has published. I had a couple of his books. I went exploring once upon a time back there. Um, and last but not least, the saddest implication of all of this is um, if the Bonesmen or if the CIA you know, from England are really manipulating all of these different parties. Um, the saddest thing about it is, you know, what we know today is that the devil, he does not exist. However, um, and God doesn't exist either. But what we don't want to hear is that Aleister Crowley um, is still around. He was a trickster. Um, he he really idolized the devil, and you could even say he achieved non-duality with his goal, so to speak. Um, we don't want to hear that um, the Aleister Crowley is bombing people internationally and leaving them dead, or engaging in unfair business practices, or cheating, or using poisonous gases that are against human rights violations, human rights statutes, excuse me. Um, we don't want to hear that he's getting away with that because essentially it's still mind control over our military and over the American people um, through hundreds and hundreds of channels. And it's not just here in the United States. That would be um, all over, you know, the, uh, all over the world. That implies that many, many religious groups are under the influence of Aleister Crowley. Um, so that's, that's not good news. That's, you know, we know that God doesn't exist, but we don't want to find out that the devil exists and that uh, there, is no, there is no God, but there is a devil and that he is um, misleading many and he's, you know, getting you guys to fight against each other and he's rewarding loyal people with um, miracles and magic and business opportunities and, and sex all sorts of things if you just give your allegiance to them. Um, sort of reminds me of a Ponzi scheme where the first ones in um, are the safest. You know, if you're a bonesman back in England, you can't be touched. Um, but everybody else out here um, has a higher degree of um, culpability, depending on how far, how many deviations you are away from the original bonesman. Anyway. Okay, so there is some 
good use or positive use here. Um, video games and PC gaming, which I love, can be used very positively. It's, it is um, motivating people to, to um, engage in thinking, planning, storing, self-defense, offense, teamwork, communication, uh, things like that. Superhero movies are having some good influence on people for motivation. That is good to hear. And um, what else did I have to offer today? Oh, and... <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry about that. Um, applications for the Sober Mono is to... Uh, you know, Sober Mono is not... A cult. It is a gaming website, and I know we kind of went off the subject material here that you would expect from a website, but philosophy is also a part of the website, and that's why this stuff sort of came up, but there are different applications for it. Um, I appreciate seeing everybody out there wearing black and blue. Um, a new Bible is on its way. I, I'm going to roughly guess 10, 20 years or so. But I've broken ground on it. Um, it will not be a religious book. It will not be a book of mysticism, mysticism of Christ, mysticism of the occult, mysticism of Abraham, mysticism of Eastern religions. It won't have any of that stuff in it. It may have some aphorisms and proverbs uh, from the older text, but, um, but the other stuff will be purged. Finally, I'm not going to be the one who writes the entire thing and have no desire to do that. What I am trying to do is outline some of the framework for the book so that mankind has uh, one book internationally that keeps him in rapport with each other and that eliminates the belief in miracles, magic, um, ethnocentric maps to God, which is what all of these cults had in common. That's what I forgot to mention. All of these cults had another common denominator among 500 cults. You know what it is? They were all inspired by the Bible. They're all some derivative of, um, of the Abrahamic faith. They're either for God, they're against God, or they're for God, but against each other. Those are the common dynamics with all of those cults. They're, they can all, almost all of them can be traced right back to the Bible. So that's not good news. Um, the Bible reinforces uh, genocide, it reinforces uh, fraternal relations, it emphasizes ethnocentrism. If you look at where mankind comes from anthropolog anthropologically, it would make sense. If you wanted to start at this point where we are right now, looking backwards for the last 2,000, 5,000 years, that yeah, it, that, that book would make sense. It doesn't make any sense today, and that's why it's desperate um, for an upgrade. So that's what I've broken ground on. So I probably won't live to see the book, but at least somebody's doing something about it, right? <laughs> okay. Do you understand now why you never start a PC gaming website? It's a nightmare. I mean, you start out with PC gaming, and then next thing you know, you're talking about Aleister Crowley. I mean, this is just nuts. I wasn't planning this at all. Okay, a couple things to keep in mind. Um, uh, one of the things, one of the other observations I had is um, 
is looking at why in the world would why in the world would Satanism work over Christianity? And there were three observations that I had. One goes back to an old um, definition that I had posted on Blogspot, which is at pitusanderson.blogspot.com in War versus Competition. That's one of the blogs um, defining what a Satanist is. And a Satanist is a hedonist. It is what a man is by default. Um, it's a man without a book. That's my own definition of what a Satanist is from my own uh, familiarity with people like Aleister Crowley. The upright star, the silver star with, that's pointing upward is very common with witchcraft. It's supposed to be white magic, good magic. The pentagram, which is a downward facing star, um, is supposed to be a sign of evil. It's also a sign of a man with no head but engorged genitals. Um, it's, it's a hedonist. It's somebody who's just, you know, kind of like an animal. Their only preoccupation is two things. Number one, territorialism, like a dog in your front yard. And number two is sex. So, something to keep in mind when you're dealing with hedonists and, and people like that. Um, the second reason why Crowley would be successful is because man resets at zero every time that he is born. Um, when you're born, you're already a hedonist. Um, otherwise, you would be born an altruist or you would be born an expert. And uh, those things have to be taught. So this reemphasizes the importance of good parenting, not to neglect your children, not to assume that you know what you're doing when it comes to parenting, and not to leave any voids available to kids um, because the devil can fill in those voids and give them examples follow that are not good. If you don't think you know what you're doing when it comes to parenting, um, start researching it. Google, YouTube, library, you know, you know what to do. Okay, number three, most are captured at birth and brainwashed into something. So if you're Jewish, it's just a given that you're going to be captured at birth and brainwashed into Judaism. Um, if you're, you know, born uh, in Africa and you're African, it's just a given that you're going to be captured at birth and brainwashed into being um, Islamic or a member of Islam. That's just natural that things would go that way um, after your parents, but it's not good news in general because what that does is it seals off and it occludes the opportunity to learn um, from others things like that. Um, and finally, governors and police who exploit our state um, don't realize what they've inherited. You know, I'm one of the good guys. I, I don't want to be a Crowleyan. I don't want to be um, a devil. Not in that sense of the word. Um, I can go into beast mode when I'm playing competitions, or at least I try to. <laughs> but I don't want to be um, a free radical in a healthy body. And that's what Crowley's people are. Um, it's police officers who cheat and steal and assault people when they don't think anybody else is around. It's governors who take bribes. It's um, sexual assault. Um, it's sodomy. It's being tortured in an American hospital and so forth. Um, devils have to have somebody around 
who they can take advantage of. In other words, somebody with equity. And that's what devils frequently do. Um, they're uploading viruses. Um, they're uploading pictures of Satanism. They're uploading weird images onto adult entertainment websites um, and things like that. So it's something to keep in mind. If we all start cheating and if we all start cutting and scratching, um, if we all burn our employers, um, if we all use seven, eight hundred percent of what's necessary, then uh, we all die a lot faster. And that's the frustration for the good people is watching bad people and evil people get ahead because that's that wasn't the idea. It was supposed to be the exact opposite. And we don't want to hear that um, the bonesmen were weaponizing um, evil or racism. One of the common denominators among all of these cults is that they are what is called an Armageddon cult, which means that they believe that the end of the world is coming. They believe that their group is a chosen group. They believe that their group is going to be saved. And they believe that outsiders or people outside of their group are not going to be saved or are not worthy of being saved. If you could just imagine having 200 different groups or 500 different groups, both religious and non-religious, believing in that sort of thing, it's crazy. And white supremacy, Scientology, <coughs> and so forth, all believe in that. I did not know that the Aryan Brotherhood believed in, um, in an Armageddon until I researched it. So there are some commonalities and similarities there structurally, even though the symbols might change, it's the exact same syntax. So be careful out there and, you know, do your research. You can go to culteducation.com and you'll happen across the, um, the same information that I did. Um, and I think that's going to wrap it up. For this one, uh, my only advice to you, I've heard it said before that hate is bad and um, things like that, that it's not good for your nervous system and things like that. And I would have to agree that you don't want to be angry all of the time because it's probably not good for you. However, I will caution you this. Um, as a game theorist, you, you really better be ready to meet people at their own game. Um, when it comes to hate, uh, mindlessness, uh, a lot of hate is absolutely baseless. You know, I posted some things there on race. You know what a race is. Did you know that we're all made of the same thing? Um, did you know that uh, people are discriminated against just for the language that they speak? For what their native tongue is? Most of these things are born out of the past, and that's why I have declared a new epoch. Um, the old things are done. They've run their course. They are no longer helpful. They are actually poisonous. Um, so it's, it's a desperate effort to get a new handbook constructed and made as fast as possible so that you are not born and miseducated with ethnocentrisms or uh, a fraternal mindset that isn't helpful or useful. Um, so we got to make some conscientious efforts to, um, to correct that, to make it right. But um, when it comes to hate and some of these other things, it's really a game of chicken. 
And I'm not encouraging you to be reckless, but when you play a game of chicken, you're driving at each other in an automobile, and the first one to turn off the road um, loses if you drive off into the ditch. And that's sort of what it is when it comes to some of these groups. Um, you know, you've got to be as vicious as they are if you think that your life is in danger, because that's their game. That's how they want to capture you, seize control of you, possibly hurt you, steal from you, mind control, things like that. I don't want to find out that good people are going meatless Mondays in an effort to um, cut down on methane gases, water use, land use, and things like that, while somebody else is using seven or eight hundred percent of of what they need. If we end up with any more people on this planet. Um, every time you inhale, somebody else is going to have to exhale just so you can have a breath. And we've got too many people here. We've got um, too many people using more than what's necessary. And we've got some people here who are committed to being a hedonist and getting as much as they can out of this situation um, and screw everybody else. You know, I had a great time. Whatever happens to the earth. I don't give a shit whatever happens to everybody else. I don't give a shit. All I can think about is myself. And that type of thinking is, um, you know, it's very selfish and self-destructive. So that is my advice to you. Um, be on the lookout for people who are into the occult, racism, Satanism, um, political and military cults, um, religious, Eastern religious groups and things like that. Sovramano is not a cult. It is about lucidity. Um, it's a non-group group, I guess. And, um, and it's really about supplanting the old, the old books and thoughts with something totally new so that you might be remade as something new. All right. That's all I have for today. And I will see you guys next time. Hopefully we'll be talking about games or something else. And I hope we're not talking about philosophy the next time. Maybe we'll be talking about a different subject from Sobermano.com. All right. Be well. Be awesome. Be a great gamer. Goodbye.